Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Today, I'm hanging out with Alex Price of 93Digital. Alex started freelancing as a designer and developer at age 16 and dropped out of university to start his agency in London at 20. He's now recognized as the UK's leading independent WordPress agency. At 27, he employs a team of 20 with $2 million a year in annual revenue. He's been twice included in the BMO 100 of those shaping the digital industry in the UK, recognized by Drum as an agency rising star. And e-consultancy recently included 93 Digital as a one to watch in their top 100 digital agencies report. Alex, welcome to the program. Hey, Brent. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking. So you've been doing this for a little while now. You've created a really successful agency. I mentioned in the intro, a, a team of about 20. Can you kind of paint us a picture of who an ideal client is for 93 Digital and what are some of the types of projects you guys are working on? Yeah, so we specialize, as you said in, in your intro, uh, in working with WordPress as a content management system. So everything we do, it kind of revolves around WordPress in terms of UX design development. Um, I guess we, we heavily focus on the B2B side of things. So we do a lot of quite marketing focused B2B projects. We work a lot in the technology and SaaS and software sector. So usually it's a, a client that's really serious about growth and building a website that really sits at the heart of their, their kind of marketing engine as such. Um, so team is digital strategists and UX and design and development and project management and all the usual roles on that side of things. Um, but it's usually marketing focused, kind of growth focused projects that are kind of strategic and outlook that are our, our sweet spot. Is that oh has it always been your focused sweet spot, or has that been something that's kind of evolved through trial and error and evolving your agency over the last few years? Definitely, yeah. I mean, when I started, I was literally doing like random small HTML odd jobs for like ten dollars an hour. So I've I've definitely stopped at like every rung on the ladder of um, type of project, ranging from like just do this small task through to big strategic project where we're really helping define everything from the ground up for the client. And obviously we like to be at the, at the second end of the, the spectrum that I've just referred to. Um, but yeah, we, you know, a few years ago, we were definitely working on far less strategic projects where the client had a pretty clear idea of what they wanted. And they'd almost send us this a sketch on a piece of paper and say, just do this in return for an hourly rate. And I think I learned quite quickly that that, that wasn't the type of project that really engaged me or interested me. And actually the, the more engaging stuff was where we could really feel like we were shaping the project and we could move the needle and see some results on the other side. So yeah, it's definitely been an evolution and that kind of strategy discovery definition work that we do a lot of at the start um, has grown massively into our projects over the last yeah a couple of years or so. There's obviously a ton of agencies out there, and I feel like with everything that's going on in the economy, people you know losing their jobs, and I mean a lot of people are going to be thinking about freelancing or, or starting businesses. And 
Uh, I've now been in this industry for 20 years and I've seen many, many uh, uh, get created and not everybody makes it to the level that you guys are. I mean, not many agencies make it past, you know, 10 people or even, you know, million dollars a year type of, of, of space. What, what do you think you've done that has helped you to scale your agency to the level you guys are at in just seven years time? Um, so I think for me, it's been really about proposition and, um, being pretty niche about what we're good at, um, where we focus, um, obviously being super focused on WordPress and only working on that type of project is, is pretty key. And then within that working in certain sectors and really and certain verticals. So we've always had a really strong proposition on that front, but I think, you know, a big side of this is really being conscious about the type of projects and the type of clients that we work with. And I guess picking the, picking the right projects and picking the right clients overall. Um, and I know that I guess a, a disclaimer, particularly in a, in a time like now when, uh, you know, times can be tough and agencies in certain niches are suffering with, with everything that's happening in the world. Um, you know, being able to say, uh, pick and choose your clients is not something that, um, or projects is not something that's, uh, you know, I recognize that it's, um, it's a good position to be in overall. And equally, this is not, this isn't a kind of anti-client perspective where we're kind of complaining that clients are annoying and um, uh, projects are difficult. This is really, I guess, me saying that I think as agency owners, we need to be quite reflective about what kind of projects work for us and suit our team and suit our skill set and suit our experience. And and even beyond that, like what's the kind of cultural fit that we have with our clients? Um, in the same way that if we were hiring someone internally, there has to be that that kind of cultural fit element. And I think a client engaging with an agency is no different in a lot of ways. We're, we're an extension of their team for a period of time. Um, and we kind of need to be realistic about the fact that relationships and human beings are working side by side. And sometimes that can work and sometimes it doesn't work as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think picking the right projects and clients overall has been, has been a, a kind of key part to the growth, but something that we, you know, we're always working on, on how we can improve. So, that sounds really awesome in theory. <laughs> in practice, uh, what does it look like for you to address cultural fit? I, I understand when I'm hiring a new team member, and we have core yeah. values here at YouGurus, like you know, growth mindset, start strong, finish strong, yeah. um, you know, help first, right? And I understand when I'm interviewing somebody. I kind of, I look for examples of those. I don't ask outright. I just kind of make notes of, you know, yeah. do I hear them tell stories about where there there is cultural alignment? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's enough going on when selling and trying to yeah. get a client to say yes. Uh, how are you actually doing that in practice? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, I, I would say that I'm by no means the expert. And I think that it's a work in progress, but something that I've particularly in the last year or so, I think become a lot more reflective on. And, and I think you're right that, there's the obvious stuff that any agency can ask a client, right? So I'm not talking about qualifying them. Do they have a budget? Do the timelines work? All of those kind of things. Those are kind of the hard facts which any agency can can use to qualify on. This is the stuff which I think you're alluding to is harder to touch and feel and actually ask directly in a lot of cases. And I, I think that's why it's taken so long for me to kind of get to a point where it feels like, to some extent, I can trust my my gut and intuition. And I think what you've just said and the comparison of hiring someone, you know, we, we, we have values too and um, that the, the team are all kind of brought into and helped to shape. And um, yeah, occasionally I have been known to ask a client, you know, what are your, you know, do you have values as a, as an organization and not in a, uh, 
a way in which we're kind of trying to catch them out, but just to hear their response. I think another great question to ask is like, are you looking for a, a kind of partner focused relationship? And it's not necessarily a loaded question, but it, it, you know, as you, as you point out, hearing them respond to that question and being able to read between the lines, I think you can tell quite a lot about the outlook that the client might have in terms of their interaction with an agency and exactly how they might want things to work overall. So I think there's much like an interview, I think by just being in the room with a client and sitting down with them and seeing eye to eye and seeing the whites of their eyes, you can, I think you can get a feel for quite a lot. And, and maybe that still sounds a bit fluffy and it's like, well, what does that actually mean in practice? But um, I think I would challenge every agency owner listening to this and say, you've probably been in a situation where looking back, you knew deep down in your gut that the project or, or client you were talking with was probably going to end badly and it wasn't a great fit. But because of the amount of money and needing the work at the time or all the other reasons that we, we, we choose certain projects and certain clients, and, and many of them are perfectly uh, good reasons, they went with the project and two months later, six months later, whatever it was, everyone was in uh, a bit of a, a dire situation. So yeah, it's not, I don't think it is an exact science and we're talking about things here, which are, are hard to measure and often hard to ask. But I think for me, a big part of it is just being able to get in the room with a client and actually sit opposite them and talk. And you, you get much the same way as an interview, you get a pretty good feeling for how things might play out in the longer term, I think. One of the things I've I've found with my own entrepreneurial career is some of my kind of values or the way that I work has been shaped from some of some expensive lessons that I've had <laughs> to learn. And it sounds like you have, you know, not everybody I talk to says you need to be really choosy about your clients. And, and it makes me feel like maybe there's a, a, a so maybe a series of, of, of situations that you found yourself in, or maybe some clients that uh, kind of burned you in a way or that you felt like, ended up not turning out so well that maybe shaped your focus now of being more choosy about yeah. this. And so you don't have to relearn that expensive lesson. Was was there any instances where you had to, uh, you know, you took on the wrong client and it kind of turned into an untenable situation? Yeah. So, I mean, we've had multiple situations and I think, I mean, I think the, the thing that first made me more conscious of this was actually thinking about um, or hearing a lot of other agencies and, you know, I'm involved in a lot of agency communities here in the UK and, it's it's like the agency owner's favorite conversation topic, right? It's like, we're not efficient enough. Our timesheets aren't accurate. Project management tool we're using isn't good enough. It doesn't give us the insights that we need. We can't see why we're losing money on this project. All the usual things that always come up and that agency owners like to, like to talk about. And whilst a lot of those things are true, I think it actually starts higher up the funnel. It starts with the agency owner really making the right decisions about the project. But yeah, we've had multiple occasions where... You know, one particular client comes to mind, which was a pretty significant piece of work lasting a long time. And I think just poor cultural fit really ended up kind of, I guess, in terms of ways of working, but also cultural fit, just we didn't align um, for a number of different reasons. And that really ended up with our team being pretty exhausted. I think ultimately kind of damaging our own culture to some extent um, and really just making things difficult for all the team, probably on both sides eventually. And I think there was probably relief on both sides when we kind of parted ways on that, that, um, that front. And more recently, I guess, uh, you know, a big piece of work that we decided not to go with and we pulled out from the, the kind of RFP and proposal stage just because I'd actually met that client basically kind of two years before and had a really awful meeting with them where I think for whatever reason, I, I'll probably never know, but they really just kind of went out of their way to make the environment and the meeting pretty awkward. And 
to the point that one stakeholder was kind of throwing glances across the room at her colleague and kind of raising eyebrows and smirking and smiling a bit. And and it, it was there was just no real kind of, you know, I, I've been to hundreds, probably thousands of client meetings over my career and how I'm kind of used to dealing with everything on the fly. And like, I'm, I'm used to being in that environment, but this was a whole nother level of just very strange. Um, and then the sales director in that organization went off on a rant about how he hated working with consultants and how they'd regularly been ripped off <laughs> with agencies and all this stuff. And I was just sitting there thinking like, what is in this for us? Like you've invited us in, they asked us to come in and, and talk about the piece of work. And it all kind of led to them saying, why don't you do as a free piece of work and see if you come up with any ideas and if we like it or we'll run with it. And I was like, look guys, we've got a pipeline full of work here that has a budget and people want to invest in working with us. The idea that we're just going to do some free work for you and hope it turns into something is, <laughs> is a little bit nuts. Um, anyway, like two years later, a big project, probably you know, a couple of hundred thousand pounds of work came our way and from a kind of different department within the same organization. And I just knew from having met them and having met a number of stakeholders and uh, it just wasn't going to work. And no matter how much the kind of top level revenue amount of money might be appealing, like I just, I feel like I've learned at this point that you can't put a cost on culture and team. And particularly right now when, you know, everybody's working from home and potentially feeling a bit more isolated and not having the support of a team kind of sat side by side in our office with, with the COVID situation, um, I think makes things even more of a kind of pressurizing environment. So I think I feel the responsibility as an agency owner more than ever to be careful about the kind of project and, and clients that we take on. Um, and and you know, we're never going to get it perfectly right, but I think we can we can definitely strive to strike a balance overall. So in those situations, you obviously had kind of a gut feeling or intuition and you chose to either walk away from the project or, yeah. you know, set up boundaries, which they would just obviously not agree to because they, you know, they wanted free work and you said, nope, we're not going to do free work. And, and, you know, if that's what they're looking for, they're going to go figure that out somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but what about, you know projects that maybe you're in i'm just thinking about our audience right now who maybe is is sitting here listening going you know their 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 gut is sinking because they have that one client or that project that they it's maybe it's gone off the rails or maybe they've lost respect for the business or the business has not respected them in some way uh have you any advice or insights from your experience uh, from how to deal with this, maybe once you have a bad fit client and, and how to kind of unravel or get out of that kind of relationship without, you know, damaging your business or, or your team or, or the client's business? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think over the years, and it's taken me a long time to get to this point, but I think I've just become a lot more comfortable with having kind of direct, tough conversations and, and really trying to kind of nip things in the bud pretty early. If, if, we see things kind of potentially starting to go in a direction that doesn't look good. And, and that can be tough. And it's so easy to move those things off your to-do list and just try and make excuses and say, like, we will give it another few weeks and see what happens and um, all the usual things that can be done. But I think in most cases, if, you know, if, if, if we really reflect deeply ourselves and we talk to our team and we think about the other opportunities that are out there and actually probably most importantly of all, if we really talk to, our client. I mean, I think often, often like a, a relationship, um, it's probably a, a sentiment that's felt on both sides overall, if things are not going that well, or, or, or you know, both sides are, are probably not happy. And so I think it just, it's about having the confidence to say, look, we, we don't feel like this is working. Can we, 
can we talk through it? And you know, I think sometimes that setting can actually frame things quite nicely for a bit of a reset of the relationship. And you know, by by confronting things head on, there's a kind of mutual respect that comes from that on both sides. And you can sometimes have a pretty refreshing conversation about what needs to be tweaked, what needs to be changed in order to get things working again. Um, I think that's down to people to decide based on you know, the clients that they're working with, um, whether or not you know, the relationship is still savable at that point. But I think there, you know, there are other kind of subtler ways out whereby, you know, you can suggest that you're having a bit of a change in direction or, you know, have a lack of capacity and looking to prioritize other, other accounts and clients. And, um, I think there's a bit of a judgment call as to what the best approach is, but either way, it's, it's a tough position to be in and particularly turning down ongoing revenue and, and, uh, money coming in from clients. It's, you know, I know that it can be hard, but I think the longer term cost can be, can be much greater than the, the money that you might be making now. Alex, I get the impression that you have some good ways of working with your team. I mean, just hearing you talk about values, hearing you talk about, you know, making sure that you're taking on clients that aren't going to, you know, demoralize or suck the life out of your team. I mean, just kind of that protection mindset of, you know, it's your responsibility to set the culture uh, in the business. Um, so I'm interested to hear your kind of how you guys are set up at a, as a team, right? You've got 20 people. I know a lot of people struggle to get past the kind of 10 to 12 person level. Um, are there anything that you have done in terms of team structure, communication, uh, in terms of the types of seats that you have set up to to support a team of that size? Yeah, so I think at the moment now, our kind of project management and account management functions are more key than ever. So really having people that can own the relationship and be on the front line, but I think that, you know, they're also the people that are the most client facing in the agency and, you know, our design team is obviously having a lot of client interaction during design pieces of work. Our development team overall is probably not at the kind of the coal face as much in that, you know, a lot of their work is a bit more behind the scenes and they're not necessarily having to talk or consult directly with the, the client on it. So I guess, yeah, it's the, more recently and we've gone quite quickly from the kind of, yeah, like, 13 to 15 bracket to the 20 bracket in the last yeah year or so roughly and i think yeah the the strengthening of our project management team and, and bringing in for the first time a kind of account management function too so we've been more project management focused just given the nature of what we do um and our project managers have kind of had a, i guess a bit of a account management edge to their roles but not enough to be kind of they don't they don't have time to be proactive necessarily in the same way that a dedicated account manager would so we now have a senior account director who I guess is there from a relationship level to to take some of the heat off the project management team a bit more, but also smooth things over and build more of a rapport with clients and build a relationship uh, that goes a little bit further beyond just doing the, the transactional day-to-day stuff. Um, so I think that's probably been the, the biggest step forwards for us in terms of investing in that role. And it's also allowed me to take a bit more of a, a step back from getting dragged into the day-to-day detail of client work as well. Yeah, that's been an exciting, exciting step forward for us. And I imagine that along with our kind of strategy teams are building out a digital strategy team that can provide a bit more kind of insights and research and really help to shape and, and shape projects and steer clients. Um, both of those have been, have been pretty key um, and areas that I think we'll, we'll keep investing in moving forwards. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast. If you're looking for a new CMS that can launch sites in half the time as a typical WordPress build, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. 
Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more information at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. So I get the impression that you're still involved in the client acquisition side, the, in, in yes. the sales, or at least at some level there. And then you're handing this project into your team once it becomes uh, a, a, a real thing. Yeah. Uh, what are some things that you do to create that you know that relationship cohesion because I, I know a lot of people that are struggling with this right now where they're trying to bring in a project manager or an account manager and they're maybe having a hard time letting go of the vine to that person or or they're not setting the relationship up to where it's 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 in the right way and, and what happens is is of course the client you know the first sign of trouble the client comes back to the owner right of like hey this isn't working how we we talked about it when you pitched me right uh, <laughs> what are, what are some things that you all do to uh to to make that relationship and that kind of handoff and collaboration work yeah it's it's a it's something that I can really relate to and I think you know realistically it's probably even in even only in the last few months I would say that I'm probably just beginning to see the end of you know some clients that we still work with that I worked with when I was freelancing like five six years ago um and they've kind of managed to stay with us and grow with us over the years um but as you point out like their their first uh reaction is to drop me an email when when something comes up despite you know, having had some interaction with the team. So I think um, you know, really formalizing that handover process to the team and, and the handover process for the client as well. So that when we have project kickoffs and um, sessions with the, with the team um, and the client, there's a quite a kind of clearly defined structure. So the client has a, a good indication of who's responsible for what, you know, we, we introduce the project manager as being responsible for day-to-day communication project director as a kind of escalation point above that responsible for resourcing and scheduling um, account director who's there from a kind of client service perspective. And that's all in our kind of kickoff deck when we start the project. So I think it's really just about clarity of how we present things and um, writing stuff down and kind of being quite formal about that handover process. You know, I'm still very involved in the early stage, kind of obviously internal team briefings and then uh, project kickoffs. And, you know, I still get asked about certain things where, I get a question, you know, I've had them today where um, people have asked me a question about what went into the original proposal and do you know whether we need to do this or that? And there's always going to be, you know, there's a lot of complexity in a, in a big website project. So there's always going to be things that need handing over. But um, I think we're hopefully in a, in a pretty good place on that now. But I think the other point is that you need to have people that you can really trust in. And I think for me, that's been the biggest thing is always hiring people that are better than me at the the individual job or day-to-day responsibility that I'm trying to let go of. Um, there's really no point in hiring someone for me, at least initially or new into that role, if it's the first time you're filling that role, such as a project manager. Um, I think we hired our first project manager when we were maybe four or five people. And I wish we'd done that six months earlier. And we, we were definitely going through the vicious cycle of me selling projects and then taking my eye off new business because I was busy being the project manager too. And then having to jump back to new business as things dried up and just switching between the two. And it was this horrible kind of cycle. Um, and we hired a project manager that I kind of feel like you should, and obviously, you know, you need to be sensible about money and cash flow and everything else. But I, I feel like you should, particularly if it's the first time filling a role, you should almost feel a little bit uncomfortable about the level of salary you're, you're going for. Like if you, if you think you can afford a, I don't know, $40,000 salary comfortably, then, you know, what would it look like if you pushed for 50? And yeah, that might feel uncomfortable, but could that 10K really make the difference overall? And could that, 
you know, get you in a position where you're you're freed up within six weeks instead of six months and and what's the potential value of you saving that time so i think it's so important to have people that in certain roles have been there and done it before and can can bring added value not just learn from you how you want things doing but actually come with their own approach and processes and things too there's been a lot of changes in the world over the last four months and People have definitely rushed to digital solutions. I, I've been really, you know, felt felt really good about our market and our industry. Now, some mm-hmm. agencies have been negatively affected uh, in, in a bad way, and they're they're really trying to figure it out. But a lot of people have been uh, inundated with work. For for you, is the current situation um, is this creating a growth opportunity? Uh, for the agency? I mean, is your plan to kind of grow through uh, this challenge or are you kind of battening down the hatches and trying to protect the core business? Yeah. So we've been lucky to be pretty busy and um, to still be seeing a fair bit of growth. So we've, I think we've got, yeah, two, two new full-time hires starting this month. So one on Monday and one next Monday. Um, And yeah, we've been seeing a lot of demand, I guess, a lot of our clients, particularly in the B2B space and technology clients, were very reliant on events as kind of pipeline revenue generators for them. And, and obviously, in-person physical events have predominantly been put on hold and aren't happening at the moment. And so the, a, a website and all the digital channels have had to be working a lot harder for them. So we've been, we've been lucky to be kind of riding the wave on, on that front. And yeah, we're, we're kind of well up on where we were at this point last year kind of exceeding our growth expectations at the moment which is which is great I, you know i think i'm i seriously feel for a lot of agencies that have worked a lot with hospitality and um travel and other other brands in that space who are going through a really really difficult time of seeing seeing their businesses kind of almost killed in some places overnight um so i think we've we've been lucky that we we're kind of more b2b focused and um you know we do work with publishers and not-for-profits and other sectors as well who I think pretty much all of them, our website has basically just become uh, more important. So we've been kind of gradually building up a more of a digital strategy and marketing team as well. Um, and are working more and more on kind of ongoing SEO and um, paid channel and content work with with clients too, uh, which is a kind of growing side to, to the business overall. So yeah, it's been positive. It's been a weird time looking, you know, all the external reference points I see are kind of pointing to a very negative picture. Um just today there was press saying the uk is in its kind of deepest recession since you know 11 years ago and um you know the the growth the the rebound is going to take some time and so everything i look at externally points to bad news um yeah everything i look at internally looks pretty good so it's it's hard to know kind of what to believe and how much to to back yourself sometimes but um i think yeah luckily we're taking it kind of month by month and everything's going pretty well at the moment well, that's, uh, that's good to hear and congrats on your success and building, building a great company. You've, you've, had, you've gotten recognized for a lot of your accomplishments with your agency and you obviously have a, a great mindset and approach to building your culture and maintaining that culture and taking care of your team and putting your team first. And uh, it sounds like you also get your clients some great results. So this has been a fascinating conversation, Alex. Um, are you ready for our lightning round? Yes, let's do it. What is the best advice you've ever received? Probably from someone actually I do some coaching with who uh, said to me once, you've done the hard bit. And it was kind of like a very simple sentence that really made me think back to starting a business in a bedroom with no experience, no creds, no marketing, no finance knowledge, really at zero, standing at the bottom of a, a huge mountain. And 
it really made me think, you know, I think now when I, when I get into some more negative or difficult situations, um, I kind of just, it gives me a really good sense of perspective, um, on kind of where we, where we came from. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I think I'm a pretty reflective person. So I think that's probably been the biggest driver. Um, I think it's probably also a weakness in some respects too, and that it can, sometimes you can overthink things. Um, but I think being reflective and thinking deeply about things is also, uh, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, but I think also the, a, a big driver of success as well. Follow up to that. Is that something that you do through uh, journaling or, or writing or you know, unplugging from the business? Like how does that actually look tactically in your, in your day-to-day, in your weeks? Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of just wired as a relatively reflective person anyway. Um, so I think I just, you know, any downtime, I'm always thinking about these kind of things and my work. And I'm lucky that my work is also kind of my hobby and my passion. So it doesn't always feel like work, but yeah, I think I, I think I have my best ideas and clearest thinking when I'm away from the business. And it's, it's really hard to pull yourself out when you're in one of those kind of ruts and to remind yourself of that. But yeah, I've had my biggest and best ideas when I've been like grinding my way up a big hill on my, on my road bike or sitting on a ski lift somewhere or just gazing out the window on a flight. So I think escaping from the day to day is just so, so important for, for any, any business owner, um, regardless of industry. Can you share an internet resource tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? Yeah. So, um, I think one that probably comes to mind and, and that really helps shape a lot of our web, website project work is, uh, is an SEO tool. So we, I mean, I'm sure it's come up before, but we use Samrush, uh, quite a lot as an agency and, um, I'm sure it won't be news to people will be a kind of hidden gem, but, um, being able to shape website projects and proposals through the, le- with a, with a bit of a le- an SEO lens, I think goes a long way. Um, and we've been seeing some, some good results from. What book would you recommend and why? Um, so I'm a big fan of, I guess, like the psychology and behavioral economics side of things overall. So there's a, a book called Predictably Irrational by, by Dan Ariely, which again is a bit of a classic and I'm sure most people in, in and around the world of business have probably come across it at some point. So it might not be the most original answer, but um, I think it's a, it's a great read for anyone that really wants to get their head around how people think and how irrational we can be as human beings. I'm not sure if we've had that book recommended on the show. I have to go back and look. So this might be a, a first recommendation. I've definitely heard of it a lot. So uh, that'll, uh, I think it might have been the first time, maybe second, maybe second. I'll go back and look through our, our show notes archive. So love that book recommendation. Uh, we'll link out to that book as well as SEM Rush and lots of other cool takeaways from this episode on our show notes page, yougurus.com slash podcast. Alex, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah, so I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, Alex Price um, and 93 Digital. I, I'm, I always love connecting with other agency owners. So if anyone wants to chat or pick my brains on anything, then it's always nice to connect. So my email is just alex at 93digital.co.uk. So feel free to get in touch. And we've been building kind of our own community and actually podcast too. So we, we, um, we run a community called Finite, which is kind of aimed at B2B tech marketers. Um, so we've been bringing together lots of technology marketers from all over the world to kind of connect and share and learn. So finite.community is um, uh, our, our website and anyone that wants to find out about B2B tech kind of marketing and um, join that discussion is, is welcome to to get in touch there. Awesome. Well, we will link out to, uh, we'll, we'll provide your, your email so people can follow up with you, uh, social profiles, website, podcast, 
and also a link to finite.community uh, uh, over at our show notes page, yougurus.com slash podcast. So if you're on the road on a run or like me on my bike, you can go to our website. If you're listening to this week of, you'll see Alex's image right up there at the top on that podcast page. Click on that and you'll see all those goodies organized in one place for you. Alex, this has been awesome, dude. Thanks for stopping by the program today. Thank you. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. 